friends. It's Trish Rubin. I rebooted Blur and Blend Marketing because I have a message for you. And it's in this song. Listen. Love this group. baby everything will turn out all right i believe that and as i said welcome to the blur and blend i abandoned this child of mine um i really wanted to switch gears i had used the podcast to open that door for myself a year ago had some good success with it began to understand what i needed to do got myself a microphone And then along the way, decided that I needed to give myself some space. Really wanted to find what my voice was. And so I waited. And about a month before the pandemic, I decided I was going to, on the advice of my dear friend Scott Kerr, uh, who has a great podcast uh, called The Luxury Item, uh, I decided to join him in the studio that he goes to and to launch a podcast called The Educated Brand, which I will. Unfortunately, no one's going into that studio right now, so I got to wait. <laughs> but that's a good thing. Uh, I just finished listening to a Sparks and Honey culture briefing about uh, boredom. And it's not that I'm bored. I am not bored. I am busy. But the thing about boredom is that it really does uh, connect to creativity, you know, to mindfulness, to slowing down and and really discovering uh, what it is that we want to think about. And so if you are experiencing boredom, then enjoy it because it's part of perhaps your creative process for now. So for me, the way I handle the creative process is I just keep going. I keep busy. That's my mantra. Keep going. Keep going. Thank you, Winston Churchill, for that. And I just keep doing uh, the connecting that I need in my life. I do it in a new way. And by connecting, uh, keep growing and learning. So actually, I think as a result of this forced quarantine, I'm going to age backwards. You watch me. I will definitely definitely uh, lose maturity over this in a good way uh, because I'm going to think in a way that challenges me. I'm going to take on risks. Over the course of the last weeks, I've said in conversations to many people online, say yes to everything. And so one of the things I'm saying yes to is to just spend a little time in the podcast lane. It's going to be raw. I'm just going to go with it, run with it, and put it out there as a way of keeping going, right? And when I do create the new podcast, The Educated Brand, I I hope that it will be a resource to you. 
but I'll continue to drop a few of these along the way. They'll be shorter. They'll be probably, they'll be certainly raw. And um, if you can get anything out of these pieces, then I'm thrilled uh, because this is a time of learning for us. You know, COVID-19 has changed everybody's plan and it's, it's really going to be okay in a lot of ways because I've heard the word gift and blessings associated with this horror uh, often sprinkled in the meetings that I've been having. So uh, let me just refresh you about the idea of what I thought Blur and Blend was about. When I started, I was trying to get a good position on what was going on in uh, the area of marketing, especially in branding, where it seemed that uh, there's a fog, there was a fog around us, and the fog was trying to figure out how to go from A to B, how to uh, get customers and noise, how to really make yourself known and heard and stand above the rest. How hard is that in a, a time of digital and social? It's really hard. And so that fog is out there. So what I was seeing is a lot of examples of companies and uh, uh, brands that had really understood that in order to survive, they had to cut through the fog and find other brands, other companies, other ideas, other ventures that they could blend themselves with to survive. You know, the big example that I was using was Capital One. It's a bank, but now it's leading as a a coffee shop in a lot of places. Actually got to go to one in January and see a, a, a coffee shop that really is a bank. That is what I was after, and I don't know how I'll continue with that. I think right now I just want to continue in a conversation. One of the things I recall from Blur and Blend is that I wanted that idea of A to B, going from point A to point B, to be released. And I saw it myself just through what I experienced at Brute College. I met 31 students who really believed that they were going from A to B. They were coming to New York, getting off a plane here, studying, and then going back to France enriched because they had spent time in New York, four months to be exact. Well, the pandemic happened, and so A to B just went out the window. And so what I saw happen in that time, that fast pivot, the word pivot has never been more important, is how my students were able to pivot, how this affected them. Some of them went straight back. Some of them waited. There are some that are still here. And everyone is trying to make sense of this kind of uh, circuitous way, very uh, much uh, a serendipity of trying to figure out their way. So if that isn't an example of blur and blend, my students actually all get grades. I finished their grades today in their course. And so did they go from A to B in that? No. We actually did three courses online using Zoom, which was a new platform for me to teach on. My Zoom meetings were basically one-on-one -on -one or one-to-three, and here I was one-to-thirty-one. So yeah, blur and blend. It, it's still part of it. It's still part of it. And as I said, out of this time, I'm evaluating 
my own meaning, why I am here at this time uh, to, to create something. Why am I doing it? What will it be? One of the things I've learned over the last couple of weeks, too, is trying to make uh, less, uh, like, more out of less, let's say. You know, a trip to the grocery store will tell you when you can't get paper towels or toilet paper that you've got to make the best of what you got, right? So um actually started to think about that old adage, less is more. And even with my blog, I went back and revisited that. And now I'm just going to drop not regular, but frequent, uh, less is more forecasting. That's what I'm calling it. And there'll be six lines, and my tagline is going to be six lines, no waiting. Because, boy, aren't we waiting for everything here? We're lined up six feet apart from each other to go into grocery stores or, or to go into pharmacies. So the way I want to communicate is going to be different, more succinct. That's a challenge for me. But I'm going to really try to do it. And I want this Blur and Blend podcast to sort of be, you know, the, the, the lifeline to get to the, the next place I'm going to go. You know, if you think about on a lake, there are these lily pads. Well, I'm going to jump to the next lily pad and I'm going to do it with uh, the podcast that I have that's waiting with its logo beautifully produced and uh, an intro beautifully produced. And I'm going to go into a studio. But right now, I'm sitting at my desk in my apartment, 700 square feet, Upper West Side of New York, and I'm I'm just thinking about what I can do to contribute. So my message today is is really take advantage of this time and embrace it. It's the blur and blend. You're living it. And wherever you are when you're listening to this, from from my desk in my little house to yours, wherever you are, we're all going through uh, the same experience together, basically. We've been isolated. We've slowed down our lives. We've been working at the absence of many of the things that are touchstones for us. We've had to reinvent how we spend time. Uh, We've had to really connect uh, beyond text messaging. And it it is a great time of learning. So I want to talk to you in the blur and blend. That's what I'm going to do. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about what it's like here. A lot of people ask me because I'm in New York. What's it like? I've been saying on a lot of calls, uh, imagine if David Copperfield, who I've seen perform in the plaza of Lincoln Center, which is a short distance from where I live. I've seen magicians perform there. And imagine that David Copperfield just decided to make 8.5 million people disappear. And he did it. That's what it's like. When I look out my window from the 16th floor, I have a pretty good view of streets. I have a tremendous view of people living in other condos, apartments, and I can see the streets are for the most part empty, especially on the weekends. And in the apartments, uh, you can see people at their desks. I have a front row seat for 
uh, a building with a couple hundred apartments across from me, floor to ceiling windows. I joke around. I say, well, it makes the guy in Friends. They used to call the naked guy in the Friends show, if you've watched that. It's like the naked guy on steroids because everybody's out there. Nobody's pulling down their blinds. Nobody cares. <laughs> so I, I can, I don't have to stream television. I can just look out my window. Uh, but, you know, when you do get out there, uh, it feels strange. It got, I'm getting more used to it. It was a bit eerie at first. I, I used to go out early if I was going to do a, a, a walk, uh, a good power walk. I won't do it now because I just feel so totally alone. We're walking with the uh, six-foot uh, distancing for the most part. Stores are closed a handful of restaurants. It's like probably where you are too, but it's so intensified because, you know, we've got sort of like 30,000 restaurants here and you may have 3,000 restaurants. So you really feel the loss. One other thing is that even in my area, Upper West Side, it, it, it kind of feels like a village at this point because you actually wind up seeing some of the same people over and over again which is amazing because you never do see that when you've got thousands of people in the street, but you begin to realize who is in your pattern and you see them. That's why it feels like that movie Groundhog Day. <laughs> when you see the people that you see on the street again and again and again in a big city, a big urban jungle. So uh, yes, it's, it's eerie. We're uh, fighting this terrible battle, uh, just by staying home, the people, I know so many people who I care for, who are out there, their doctors, their nurses, their first responders, those people are really doing the fight. They're the soldiers. We're up against a lot. So lucky for the governor of the state, Andrew Cuomo. He is a, a beacon of transparency and truth and fact and science and care. And that's not what we have in other places of government. So we're really lucky in New York with Andrew Cuomo fighting for us. Uh, so things have changed in the last days alone, wearing masks now, uh, a guideline that I'd say about three quarters to 80% of the population in my neighborhood observe. I've stopped riding my bicycle, Ruby, uh, just out of the thought that who knows what could could I at some way uh, cause something else to happen for someone else? Just don't let myself go too far out of my neighborhood. Um, that's what's happening here. I am in a schedule that I have on my wall, and I try to keep to it, which includes uh, exercise and writing and connecting. I run a happy hour with my very good friends, and we all contribute to that uh, on Wednesday and Saturday. And people from all over the world drop in. <laughs> I have a good network. And uh, so, yeah, uh, try to stay positive, stay in touch with my children, with the rest of my family. Mm, a bit of an aside, my niece was supposed to get married in June. That was canceled. Then she scheduled for November. But over the weekend, they decided because of some other conditions that she was just going to get married in her backyard, which she did. So she's a new bride, unexpectedly doing it. 
um, you know, came out of her health benefits issue and they were going to get married in November. So they decided to get married and now, and Hey, big party in November. Uh, so that's it of where I am, as I said, is trying to reboot some piece of information. This is the introductory podcast. I'm not going to go into information yet. I'm just going to introduce the podcast and and connect with you again. And then uh, maybe tell you a little bit about um, the New York story of what's going on here. I'll tell you a New York story. If you don't know Dave Pell, actually, uh, Dave Pell, P-E-L-L, is a great great journalist, and uh, he posted, I follow him on Twitter, and I also get his newsletter called The Next Draft, and he's doing that newsletter seven days a week now, and he's very intense and very funny too, but he wrote something today, it was just beautiful, Uh, so if you hear this and you want to really get connected to how New Yorker uh, who isn't in New York anymore? He lives in San Francisco. How a New Yorker feels about being about New York? Just look at Dave Pell on Twitter and his uh, love letter to New York. And I think I'm going to follow his lead and and write my own just just for me. Uh, Sex in the City. A long time ago, had an episode where. Um, Carrie, the main character, decided she was going to date the city because she didn't have a boyfriend. So, you know, the city has that essence. It's a personality, and uh, you can fall in love with it. And many of my students who were here for five weeks were in the middle of starting their love affair. And now um, they were pulled apart, (laughs) worse than Romeo and Juliet, right? (laughs) Because they're still alive and they still have to deal with it. But as I said to my students, for the for you guys, if you're young, you're going to learn so much from this time. It's going to change you. And the good thing is you have so much time ahead to visit again and to learn continually. So all's going to be well. Remember, don't worry, baby. That's how I feel about what's happening. Uh, so before I close, it's a little bit of a New York story. Uh, I've been doing read-alouds, too, for children in New Jersey schools, just recording them. Power story, right? And we know that as marketers, how storytelling is so powerful. But just to give you an idea of, you know, how things could happen, I will bet out of this pandemic, we we see the signals are that, you know, you may have a lot of people um, just breaking up. Their, their, their relationships don't survive if they've been quarantined together. And, and then you have... Um, people who will, you know, increase their family, you know, <laughs> they'll just fall so much in love, you know, they'll have three kids in, uh, in, in a few years, just, I had three kids in five years, it can happen. Um, so uh, anything can happen. And, but the way people can meet, and this is totally a New York story, because you, you'd have to be living in an apartment with 500 people probably to get this experience. And that's, that's what I do. I live in an apartment with um, actually not 500 people. Most of us are, I think they're mostly from the data I've seen, mostly single people in these apartments, single or couples, the occasional small family before they move out to the suburbs. So, you know, thousands over, you know, let's just say it's 2000 people and coming and going every day. 
we have uh, four elevators and now we're restricted with traveling. And yesterday I got uh, approached the elevators coming from the outside. I had my dinner napkin mask that I had made with the hair ties and got into the elevator with a woman who's probably in her late thirties and she motioned me to come in. So she was comfortable with me doing that. I joined her in the elevator. We immediately started talking. She loved my stylish mask. Of course, anybody who knows me knows how much I love accessories. So my mask is now stylish. And she asked me what floor. And I told her 16. And we began to talk and I didn't see her press a button. So in my mind, I thought, oh, she's going in my direction. I didn't think she was someone who lived here. I'd never seen her before. And when we got to the stop, we had talked and laughed together and talked about the mask. And I got off the elevator with her and we both turned left and we both start to walk down the hall. And all of a sudden I looked at her and I said, and she looked at me, she said, wait, are we neighbors? That's quite possible. You could live in New York and not even know your neighbor. But I knew that in that apartment across from me, there had been a young couple who worked for Google and I hadn't seen them for a long time. And even when they were living there, I, I rarely saw them. But th- what what happened was truly funny. We started to talk. She said she had moved in several months ago. I apologized for not welcoming her. And I got my key out, and we're just having a great conversation. And I'm saying, well, then we're de- we can't really mingle, but we can socially distance ourselves from one apartment to the other in our hallways, and we'll talk. And I'm trying to turn the key in my in the door, and the, it's not going anywhere. My key is not working. And we're still talking, and she's got her door open. And all of a sudden, I look up at the door that I'm trying to get into and realize that it was not the 16th floor. I was actually on the 11th floor, which is where Kim lives. And when we realized it, we just we just couldn't stop laughing. So we decided at that point, I said, well, I'm going to leave my card for you and slip it under your door. Uh, we're obviously supposed to meet. I have met many dear friends over the years of living here in the past uh, 15 years that I've been here. And I've met uh, so many people in the elevator. It's led to a lot of great times and and business for me, actually. So um, I let I did that yesterday, and I haven't heard from her. And I have the feeling that, like me, I haven't left my apartment uh, since that time when I dropped <laughs> the card off to her yesterday. We don't, you know, we're quarantined. So at some point when she opens her door, maybe she'll see the card and that pandemic um, could give rise to a new friendship. That's why I say don't worry. Don't worry, baby. There's a lot of good that's going to come out of this. A lot of new. We are in the blur and blend of social, political, economic, legal, you know, technological. Anybody who's worked with me uh, in consumer behavior knows that how that slip model, I flipped that for consumer behavior. All of this is a blur and blend. And uh, we just have to be positive, optimistic, and, uh, and be mindful. You know? Get your exercise in. Do your meditation if you can. Watch as many fun Netflix stories, stream games, whatever it is, cook, uh, drink, and be merry. (laughs) Because when we go back to work, it's going to be a new world. And hopefully we'll appreciate everything we do in it. 
and I hope to see you in that new world. So thanks for listening to me for the last 20 minutes. I look so forward to seeing people again, either on Zoom, which I I use a lot, and then eventually uh, in real time, New York or in, in Paris, and before the end of the year. Uh, so you be well, and tune in. I'm hoping to do another Blur and Blend podcast, and in this podcast, I think what I like to do is talk about how companies and brands are handling this time of almost non-marketing, where they have to market, but almost market out of this sense of a not-for-profit support uh, for people. So there's a lot of signals out there that I can share with you, and uh, we can turn it into uh, something more than just my long ramble. And we'll talk about how things are being blended in this blur of a global pandemic. So don't worry, baby. Everything will turn out all right. Bye.